and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? We're going streaky! Broadcasting live from the Booze League headquarters, 16.0 ounces on the dial. The Kamish Wiley Withers, Coley Wyman, Sandro Arvalo. This is the Boozecast. Catch up on what you missed online at boozeleague.com and on your mobile device on iHeart or iTunes. Some of my songs I have casually mentioned The fact that I like to drink beer I did a lot of it over the weekend. This little song <laughs> Nice. I did a lot of it last week, frankly. Just keep it going, you know? <laughs> we need content for the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a problem. I've already sacrificed my liver. I wonder if I can write it off. <laughs> That's the only problem with that. Um, well, oh, hey, i got to do the quarter of the day. What am I doing here? Sometimes when I reflect on all the beer I drink, I feel ashamed. Then I look into the glass and I think about the workers in the brewery and all of their hopes and dreams. If I didn't drink this beer, they might be out of work and their dreams would be shattered. I think it is better to drink this beer and let their dreams come true than to be selfish and worry about my liver. All right, everyone, welcome in. We are here, uh, draft 27 of the Booze Cast. Um, we're riding a little short today in the crew there, uh, Sandra. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. Good old Coley's here in spirit. Yeah, I talked to Coley this morning. Uh, apparently, she is sick, mm. so um, not able to make it in. I guess she's on antibiotics or, or something of that nature. So, um, you know, what are you going to do? Um, she thinks it's because she drank too much over the weekend and didn't have enough water, and it kind of uh, wore her down. So. Hmm. You know, that's uh can make you susceptible to all kinds of stuff out there, right? It sure could. And uh, apparently she was. Dude, drinking on antibiotics is not fun at all. As much as you want to, it just does not agree with my body. Or in my case, anyways, it's... Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, <Nope>. so no <laughs> Coley today. That old devil hooch has turned her into the unsightly person you see before you. <laughs> but uh, we do have Sandro and the commish here. And uh, we got a jam-packed show for you between the two of us. Um, obviously, we'll have news, as we do always. Sandro's got a greatest drunk story, which I cannot wait to hear. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we're also going to go over the differences between IPA and pale ale. A lot of us drink it, but not a lot of us know the difference. Mm, so we're going to find that out. Uh, Sandro has a movie review as well, which is a good time. Yeah, yeah. And we also go over the six ways that the CIA tried to kill <laughs> Fidel Castro. <laughs> Spoiler alert, none of them worked. Yep. Good so, old father time to kill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Father time. And I think, didn't he have a disease or something? Or Man. It was, or no, it was natural causes. He died of natural causes um, November of 2015. He held on there for a while. No, 2016. Don't ask me why I know that. That literally just came. I totally pulled that out of my ass, but I know it's right. Nice. Now, that being said, um, let's do some drinking. All right. Beer is a fermented beverage made with cereals and water. The beer of the day. This beer of the day is actually our first, um, if I remember correctly, our very first um, collaboration. And today's uh, beer of the day is Hazy Lines IPA, a collaboration between Made West and Pizza Port. Right. And it does indeed pour a very hazy. Uh, these are in right now, hazy IPAs. Oh, yeah, for sure. They're popular. You know, this one, it, it's hazy, but I've seen murkier, though, you know, which is kind of cool. It's all good. That hazy little thing from um, Sierra Nevada. Is, is one of the, I mean, it looks like orange juice mm. sometimes. Pulpy. But this is what uh, the brewers say about this particular brew. Well, first off, it is, uh, the ABV on this is 9%. It's very Alcohol. smooth. Uh, IBUs again. Another beer where the IBUs are just not Misto. Listed. Yeah. It's a, you, <laughs> you guess it, and you, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, the untapped score on this one, it only had 260 at the time that uh, we're doing this, but it was clocking in at 4.12. Nice. So um, that was actually at Made West this weekend, and they had this on tap, and I saw a lot of people well, that's cool. pulling that tap. So yeah. this is what they want you to think about it. Made West and Pizza Port meet again, turning their epic Queen of the Coast collaboration beer into a hazy double IPA, packed with a tropical juicy hop character, rounded out with a touch of local orange blossom honey. Very nice. 
Yeah, I could taste all of those notes coming through. It's very clean, delicious. For 9% too, it's so smooth. That is really smooth. Isn't it crazy how the double IPAs are just even smoother than regular IPAs? It's like they started concentrating on making them not taste mm. quite so big. Yeah, definitely. Because a lot of the places I go to now have Lizard's Mouth from uh, Fig Mountain. Yeah. And that that's a pretty that packs a punch. It's bold. Yeah, normally you're not going to have that in some random Mexican restaurant no. you know, for your IPA yeah. as a double IPA. But <laughs> There's a couple out there, though. There are a couple out there. So, anyways, well, uh, let's get on into round one. Nice. Round one. Say my name. Yeah. A bit of a cheer to the absent goalie. I'd pour some of this out on the curb for the Coley that couldn't be here, but... <laughs> She's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to jinx it, right? also don't want to waste this beer. Oh, man. But anyways, um, so that was round one of our beer of the day. Let's move on to our song of the day. Nice. Music Remix. Alcohol makes a big man small and can lead to a life of crime. The song of the day. Labyrinth. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm batshit crazy? I've been you on. I've been really into this song lately. So this is actually a collaboration, which is why I brought it in. Ooh, nice. For the collaborative beer. Because I feel like this collaboration between Made West and uh, Pizza Port is genius. Definitely. Which is the name of this song. Uh, this song actually just came out earlier this month. Okay. And it's one of those songs where I can't stop listening to it. Like, every time it comes on, I, I pop it up. Let's, listen to a little Sia here, would you? It's a badass song. Yeah, dude. Sick beat on it, and her voice is just as smooth as this double IPA. Yeah, and she's, uh, I think she's 42. What? And her voice is still just kind of like... Dang. It's great, but... Get it, girl. This, uh, the name of this band is LSD, and the, uh, all of those letters do stand for something. Um, the L is Labyrinth, uh, who's an English musician. This is obviously Sia is the S, Australian singer. And the beats are all done by American DJ Diplo. Oh, nice. So this is the first uh, of their collaboration that they released. They released this back early May. Um, Labyrinth, his real name is Timothy Lee McKenzie. He originally signed, he was originally signed by Simon Cowell back in 2010. It was the first non-talent show signing by Cowell since 2004. Whoa, so Cowell nice. saw so much potential in this guy that, you know, he's like, hey. But he wasn't on the show, though. Nope, oh, wasn't on the show. Wow. He was actually okay. a record producer, or he's like kind of an up-and-coming, like trying to be a record producer, and Cowell kind of saw him and, and signed him on. Nice. Um, since then, he's collaborated with Sia on another project, and also The Weeknd as well. Cool. Uh, Sia, her full name, her name is Sia, Sia Kate Isabel Furler. Whoa. Uh, she began her music career back in 1993, so a long time ago. Mm. But it wasn't until 2010 that she actually became mainstream, and that's when she became uncomfortable with her fame. Wow. So at that time, she retired from performing uh, just to write songs. She wrote songs for Beyonce, Kylie Minogue, Rihanna, Flo Rida. Yeah, wow, nice. I always call it Flo Rida, but I don't know if that's right. Is it Flo Rida or is it just Florida? I think Flo Rida is how it goes, but it looks like Florida. <laughs> Florida <laughs> man. That <laughs> <laughs> always comes up, I swear. <laughs> Florida man co collaborated with Sia. Um, but she continued to write albums, including 1,000 Forms of Fear, which came out in 2014 and included that song that you probably know, uh, that most people know, which is Chandelier. Mm, okay. That song got four Grammy nominations in 2015, and in between its release in 2014 and 2015, sold over two million copies. Damn. It has 1.8 billion views on YouTube, and at one point was the 13th most viewed video of all time on YouTube. Way to go. That's Which awesome, is crazy. Huh? And that's the one that had the little girl, uh, the dancer, had the same kind of haircut yep. that Sia has. Gotcha. So because of the success of that, she started to perform again. But now she's using, like, oversized blonde wigs to hide her face, or she just, like, sings, mm. like, with her back to the audience, so you gotcha. can't see who she is. Interesting. Uh, now, Diplo, his name is Thomas Wesley Pence, uh, and he is also part of Major Laser, Major Laser with Skrillex. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. But he's mainly a producer, as well as a DJ. Uh, produced albums with Gwen Stefani, Britney Spears, Madonna, Shakira, Beyonce, Snoop, The Beebs, Usher, and M.I.A., who had yeah. that song in... Uh, that uh, Indian movie. Yeah, that's quite a list right there. 
Yeah, so I mean, he's he definitely gets around. Um, but they're LSD is going to release an album. They have not yet uh, given us a release date or a title. They're keeping all that under wraps. So I like it. They have two songs out right now, Genius and another one I can't remember off the top of my head. That's cool. Well, you know, give something for our audio. listeners to go find. You know what I mean? They could do a little internet research. I, I, I recommend <laughs> it. Go on YouTube and look up this video. Don't just listen to it like on Spotify or something. The video looks like the old, uh, that, that Beatles album. Is it Sgt. Pepper's or under, where they're in the Yellow Submarine? Okay. Like that album, you know, it's all gotcha. kind of like psychedelic 60s yeah. or whatever. The whole video looks like that. It's nice. a pretty sweet video. I like it. So, anyways, that is our song of the day. Sounds awesome. So, why don't we, uh, so, Sandro, let me ask you something here. Please do. How was your week? Uh, you know, man, it's pretty good there, Wiley. Um, lots going on with the holiday weekend, obviously being in the beer business. It just was quite a grind, lifting cases, kegs, pretty much anywhere and everywhere, but was able to chill out a little bit, you know. On Sunday, it, I attended a really fun beer brunch pairing. It was insane. Actually, I worked it, but it was fun, you know. Got to pair up some lager with some lamb chorizo tacos. That sounds amazing. I don't know. I was thinking of you yeah. with the tacos thing. <laughs> that sounds uh, amazing. <laughs> along some of the other pairings, there were uh, some chicken and waffles out there. Uh, really nice salmon dish as well, too. So that was that was nice. It was work, but I got rewarded, you know. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, it's just actually catching up with a good old friend called TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just watching some games. You know, I love watching basketball. You know, the Eastern Conference Final and the Western Conference Final is just coming to an end. Um, big Dodger fan as well, too. And they've uh, actually won some of their games. I'm pretty pretty stoked on that. They're almost so, close yeah, to 500 again. Almost yeah, they're, there. <laughs> they're within kissing distance. Yep. But I'll take it. What about you? Um, so my week, uh, last week I was actually up in the Central Coast, mm. so I was able to stop by Firestone. I stopped by both locations nice. and tried a number of different beers that they had on tap there. I finally, um, I, I, you know, because we had at the Golden Nugget, had the, the Sea Hops. Yeah. I went back to the Sea Hops Ooh, for a little bit. Nice. Um, I did sneak into Barrel Works there uh, in Buellton as well and had an Agrestic because that's my jam. Have to. Um, and also had uh, the new uh, undercurrents. Ooh, nice. Which is another turn on the Agrestic, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's how they talk me into uh, <laughs> drinking a fruity beer. You Very know? nice. Like, and what'd you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Uh, the, the actual currents are literally, mm. they're kind of underneath it all. They're not... Too, yeah. They're not too forward. No, it's super balanced. Yeah. It looks like when you're pouring it, like it's grape juice almost. You're kind of like a little iffy. Yeah, with a bright pink head. Yeah. But <laughs> then you try it, and it's uh, it's not too acidic. It's, uh, That's what it's she not said. too sour. <laughs> it's delicious. So uh, I'm stoked that you're able to try that out, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It, and it does not taste any of the, was it 6.7, I think, uh, oh, ABV? Know? Alcohol. I've been seeing that sometimes when these sours have the higher ABV, they're a little more balanced, you know? Alcohol. It's an interesting balance right there. I mean, you uh, if you are into those tarts, you're going to be getting something more in the 4 or four, 5 range. But some of those ones that are like in the 6, 7, 8 range, they actually, the all everything else just kind of, all the other notes come through a little bit more. So I'm glad well, you enjoyed it. Yeah, that was some good stuff. And uh, if we have time, I think we have a bottle here what? to pop open. So nice. that'll be a good time. So, um, But I was up there and also hit by, I uh, went by Barrel House, okay. Barrel House Brewing. What do they got cooking? Um, let's see, what did I have up there this time? They did have a, uh, something they call pineapple juicy, which is a version of their juicy IPA. Hmm. Again, we go back to the fruit thing for me, which I'm yeah. not a fan of. It's a little too fruity for did me. Did they put adjuncts in it or real pineapple? Do you know? That was not a question that occurred to me to ask. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm always just curious, you know what I mean? Cause I know sugars, when you add a real fruit to it, I mean, it's just volatile. That beer mm. can go anywhere, you know? So that's why most of you know, breweries and home brewers use these adjuncts because they can control it a little easier. Oh, that makes sense. So I'm just always interested to see, you know. Well, What'd next time I'm going to ask. Nice. <laughs> you got some, got some adjuncts all over this bitch. <laughs> um, well, I, I didn't, I didn't go with it. Didn't like it. I just mm. went with their, um, oh, they had a founder is uh, their founders pale. Okay. Which is a very, very good beer. Wow. Uh, the next day went out to Morro Bay. Nice. You know, uh, had some clients out there. I had to see for my business. And uh, ended up hanging out with my feet up, watching the sunset, uh, checked into Libertine over there, which is always good. Always good. And it, we actually had way back in the day, and I do not encourage anyone listening to go back and listen to that <laughs> to that draft. Um, I think it was draft one called Turkey. No, it's called, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it was uh, had Turkey or Buzzers. All the way to draft one? Yeah, wow. Fantasy Buzzers. <laughs> fantasy Buzzers was the name of that draft. Um, I do not encourage you to go listen to it. Um, we have really <laughs> tightened the ship since then. But we uh, we did a vinyl libations with the turkey buzzards. Oh, okay. Who um, 
they're the ones who played music at the Turkey Buzzards Blend. It's a uh, it's a wild coffee stout Whoa. that Libertine put out. That's amazing, and Damn. I haven't seen it since. But I I absolutely have it again. Sounds amazing. But they um, when it was aging and resting, they actually recorded their album or one of their albums in the same room with all Ooh. these barrels. So like to kind of infuse yeah, the, uh, the beer with their sound. So they were playing. I'd never seen them live. Okay. I was a little buzzed up by the time I talked to them. I had to tell them all about how we did a feature <laughs> on them. You know, I'm sure I came across like a total sure fanboy. Super stoked on that. Yeah. They're like, cool, dude. cool story, bro. <laughs> and they went back to doing their thing. Nice. Um, and then, uh, came home, uh, spent a pretty good, pretty chill Memorial day weekend, hit some mm. breweries downtown. Um, nice. Went over and saw the local, saw Mikey, watched the uh, cool. the Vegas Knights win last night, which I'm stoked on. Wow. They're, they're my hockey team now that the Kings are out. Right. Totally in. Yeah, I know. That's amazing how it's just like a team, an expansion team like that, could just come and dominate. Uh, it's it's. It, I want them to make history. Right. They and are. I, I, I kind of love them. A hockey purist hate their opening. Right. Because it's like Cirque du Soleil meets like whatever they have, the Excalibur, <laughs> like the Tournament of Kings. Sure. You know. Meets Blue Man Group or some shit, you know. <laughs> like medieval times. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's the most insane. <laughs> and I got to feel that all these guys are like in the locker room watching all this go down going, Jesus, can we just get out there and play? Like, how long does this go on? Like, did I need tickets for this too? I mean. It's Vegas. You never know. I kind of love them because of it though. Cool. To be perfectly honest. So That's awesome. So that, uh, that was how my week went. So why don't we hear some news? Spanning the globe to bring you all the news that's fit to booze to, this is the Booze Line News. KBCE, Booze League Radio. So our first story actually comes to us from Kansas City, and it has to do with the NFL. Mm. So, you know, uh, are you a big NFL guy? You know, enough to know. You know, I'm not a big NFL guy, but, um, you know, with the work, I try to keep up as much as possible. So, um, you know, a little, little bit. Well, you know you're going to have to play in fantasy football now. Um, right? Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm a big fan of the league. I love that show. I mean, that's all yeah. I know about fantasy football is from <laughs> that here. show. So. That's like a gateway show yep. to get people oh, in. Oh, yeah. Because um, I think we won last year against the Unfiltered Gentleman podcast. Nice. So we need to uh, keep that tradition going. Let's so do it. You're going to have to fill in as well. But we do have the guru to help along. But anyways, back to the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs have filed a trademark for their own beer brand. Um, and this came across uh, on Twitter per ESPN's Darren Rovell. Hmm. The Chiefs have filed a trademark uh, filed to trademark their own brand of beer called Kingdom Blonde Ale. Kingdom Blonde Ale. Kingdom Blonde Ale. And wow. a, a, reportedly, instead of using traditional hops, the beer is brewed with head coach... Andy Reid's mustache clippings. No, it's not. That's not <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I've heard of beer yeast. I, you know, beard yeast. There, actually, there is a beard beer. Yeah, uh, Rogue. Yeah. I Rogue. Didn't, uh, I didn't try it. I was over that. Um, no, I, thank you. I took a sip. Did you? I was pretty drunk at the time. <laughs> I, I literally don't remember. So basically, I drank someone's beard yeast, and I got nothing out of it. Um, but uh, they haven't made an announcement yet on whether it's going to be an exclusive product, like just for their stadium, where they're going to sell in stores, anything like that. Are they going to have a brewery at the stadium? Don't know. Mm. They, they they just filed for trademark for it. So um, we'll see. Then um, they filed that back on May 16th. This is a pretty recent thing. So it's basically an intent to use uh, type of trademark. Awesome. So well, good for them. Hopefully, more teams kind of follow suit. That'd be rad if maybe. each team had their own beer. Why not? Right. Well, I think. Um, uh, baseball stadiums, right? Didn't we talk about well, a baseball the Brewers? Stadium? Yeah. From what I hear, I've never been to the stadium, but their new stadium is is beautiful. I guess it's been around for quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. But they actually brew there themselves too. So and McKellar uh, is opening up a brewery at uh, MetLife Park. Okay. Where the Mets play. Wow. Yeah. So nice. that should be very. Dude, I love me some McKellar too, man. They're great. I haven't had a bad beer yet from them. No. Frankly. I mean, I haven't tried all their beers because they have mm. something like 146. Like, they, they get pretty out there, yeah, right? Got, like, yeah. yeah, but yeah, the ones that I've been fortunate to try are, are amazing. Yes, I agree. All right. Uh, our second story actually comes from a, comes to us from down under, down in the mm. land where everything can kill you. <laughs> um, this is an Australian brewery. They have debuted a beer made from durian fruit. And what is durian fruit? What would be the closest like American fruit? There is that? none. There is literally really? nothing in the world it's like, like a durian berry? fruit. No, it's a it's a it's about coconut sized. Ah. 
And when you open it up, it literally smells like rotting flesh. Ugh. It's terrible. It's You ever watch that Andrew Zimmern show uh, where he goes around and eats all the weird stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. What That's the one thing that he cannot eat. Really? Yep, Can cannot do it. This this fruit durian has actually been banned on buses in like Taiwan or Thailand because <laughs> someone like opens that up to eat it in there and like the whole bus just oh hates him. Oh my god! And also, it, this, literally, this is just like if there is a god, this is like his but, big joke on humanity. Um, you can't stand under the trees either because they're big and they're spiky. Here's a picture oh of it. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, okay, they're big okay. and they're spiky, and when they fall, they could literally kill you. <laughs> wow! Thank you. So Sounds good. Anyways, one Australian brewery has uh, recently made a new brew made with durian, the world's stinkiest fruit. Wow. Uh, Foreigner Brewing out of Melbourne. They uh, debuted the Durian Durian beer during uh, the Great Australian Beer Spectacular, which we talked about there. That's where the uh, preservation ale came from for the uh, shipwreck. Gotcha. Um, let's see. There, there's some descriptions of what this smells like. Common descriptors of its nauseating perfume include... Used gym socks, hot shit garbage, and rotting meat. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Can I have another? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, here, here's a picture. Here's a picture of how big that thing is. Whoa. Like, it's that's like bigger than his head. Yeah. Literally the size of your head. Um, wow. So I'll, and I'll post all these on the draft page as well. Um, that's crazy. But not only is its stench intense, the smell of durian can linger for incredibly long periods. So it's banned in hotels. It's banned in airports. Uh, in parts of the world where it is consumed, and some, for some reason, it's revered as the king of fruits. Hmm. I feel like there are better, better options for the king of fruits. So, but what, are, what are some of the pluses to this fruit? Does it just like make your dick super big or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't eat it. So my chiropractic bills would go through the roof. <laughs> These nuts. So, um, Foreigner Brewing says that the durian fruit's subtly sweet and savory flavor make a perfect match for the dry spiciness of a Saison-style beer. Hmm. So I guess the taste is much different than the smell. I don't know, like, you can smell with your nose, right? Don't you have olfactory lobes that, yeah. like, that are taste buds? They're all kind of connected. Yeah, it, but... right? I would think. But, um, yeah, so I, I believe that, yeah, that's been released, all, obviously, already. already. Um, easy for me to say. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that is not something I'm going to travel to. When Oof. we go, when we do Booze League Australia next year, we're not going to be having any durian, durian beer. <laughs> they called it twice, durian, durian, right? Yeah, durian, durian, released during, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, I guess it's just that bad. Interesting. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, are, are you, are you out of beer? No, I'm good. I've got uh, the okay. pizza port. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. yeah. Are we going for another round here? Yeah, or? yeah. I'm just checking because I'm getting low, so I want to make sure that we're keeping Ooh, up with the rounds this time. Oh yeah. Now that we're not timing them anymore, it's like you got you know you got to be just honest. Like, That's another <laughs> beer. You know. All right. So our next one is a subject of much ridicule in the craft beer industry. It's Anheuser Busch. A B mm. in Bev. Good old A B. Now, uh, one of the cool things that they have done, and the only reason that I actually bring them up, I don't bring them up often, but uh, they updated their parental leave policy, and it affects nearly 200,000 full-time employees in 52 countries. So in it, all primary caregivers are permitted a minimum of 16 weeks of fully paid leave, which is, uh, includes benefits for parents who adopt children, they have surrogate-born kids, um, fathers who are formally not permitted to the, the, the 16 weeks. So basically they say, if you're a parent, you just had a kid, yeah. you get four months of paid leave. That's crazy. Which is unheard of wow. in the U.S. Yeah. And and if you're a secondary caregiver, let's say I don't, you're, you have to like care for your parents, I guess, or if they're in a home or something like that, you're permitted two weeks of fully paid leave to, huh. to do that. Huh. So that is, um, you know, for all the, the stuff they do that just sucks. Yeah. Right? That's pretty cool. It's good looking out for the employees right there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So huh. um, David Almeida, the chief people officer. Nice. <laughs> I feel like oh, chief. <laughs> chief people officer. Well, what do you do? Well, I'm with people. I'm really good with people. Um, we recognize that families come in different shapes, sizes, and format. That's a really weird way to Formats. describe it. <laughs> like, you're, I'm not, I can't download this family. Uh, can you send me the different format, please? Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm not compatible with your format. Uh, and we try to be inclusive as possible in this policy. Maybe they're talking to you, like, transgender or, like, mm. gender uh, identification It's a nice way to say it, right? Yeah. And for, it, it's so clinical, though. Like, it's – anyways. 
But uh, only 14% of Americans are covered by paid family leave policies. So this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, other major companies that do the same thing, though, just so we can give a shout out to someone other than InBev, is Netflix, Facebook, Spotify, and Ikea. Nice. Ikea has some very good meatballs. Yeah. No, definitely. From that, I can tell you. Well, I mean, that's good. Those companies can definitely afford it, you know? Hopefully that paves the way for uh, more of these companies out there. You know, take good care of your employees, you know? You get good employees, you get better service, you get more money. 100%. Right? What's that saying that they say um, uh, people don't leave jobs, they leave managers or, you it's know, true. like they'll definitely. leave, you know, if your policies of management are bad, yeah. you're not going to stick around. Yeah. Life definitely. is hard enough with Pretty much. everything going right? on. Yep. Up. Beer break. Round two. Beer break. Round two. I'll have another. I can tell this is strong because it goes down easier and easier. It's a trap, right? Just like a prom date. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, I never went to prom. That's one thing I missed. I missed the prom. Yeah. Utah. I was too cool. Like, Give me two. In, as a senior, not like one time. I went to a winter formal, and that was cool. Mm-hmm. But prom, never went to prom though. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah you know, I reserve feelings about it. It was okay yeah. not to go, and but then you know you hear of all the cool like cliche like stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was what it was. I went to two proms. I went as a sophomore with a senior. Nice. Which is you know yeah, which is pretty good. <laughs> Um, and then I went with a sophomore when I was a senior. There you, I did it all into the spectrum right there. Oh, you know, cool. well, hey, I try and, you know, <laughs> try and keep it fresh, as it were. Nice. So this last one comes from an event that I wish I had been at. And every year I say, God damn, I'm going to go this year. This one comes from Napa over the weekend um, from the Bottle Rock Festival 2018. Oh. You've heard all about that, right? I mean, the, the lineup this year was insane. Let me know a little bit more about it, especially for our listeners, because I've, I've heard about it, but I'm not too familiar with that festival. So the Bottle Rock Festival, um, like, you know, you have Coachella that lasts over, you know, over the course of two weekends, yeah. have a number one of whatever. It's like Coachella up in Napa Valley. Okay. But it's not on one ground. They have uh, multiple different stages you can go to. Kind of like South by Southwest. They yeah. do multiple yeah. different things. Okay, cool. Uh, Muse played this year. Nice. Um, uh, just a number of bands that were mm-hmm. amazing. I think Billy Idol was up there. Wow. So they do a, a good mix of like old and new and different styles and that kind of thing. But cool. um, I, I listened to Alt Nation on Sirius XM and I've been, they've been playing a lot of live uh, stuff that has been awesome. So nice. Live from the show? Yeah, live from the show. Oh, then they awesome. replay it like they do this big uh, remote up there, which That's is cool. That's really cool. I mean, next year we'll be up there. That'd be good uh, that would be awesome. That'd be a good time. So um, this concerns our buddy Snoop Dogg. Mm. Not really our buddy, I wish. That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. I feel like, why not? He's friends with Martha Stewart, right? Right. But uh, over the weekend, he earned himself a Guinness World Record for mixing the largest ever gin and juice cocktail. Whoa. Dang. So, Bottle Rock is listed as a music, food, and drink festival. Um, Snoop took the stage to craft a five-foot-tall, three-foot-wide gin and juice in honor of his 1994 banger, A Gin and Juice. Wow. But he didn't go it alone. Um, Michael Voltaggio, who was a a champ on that Top Chef show, uh, helped with the juice portion, and Warren G., a rapper and longtime... uh, confidant or mm-hmm. friend of Snoop Dogg tipped in a few handles of Hendrix. Here are the final. Here's the final tally. <laughs> uh, the giant gin and juice cocktail required 180 handles of Hendrix gin. Whoa! It had a giant swizzle stick and a big ass tiny umbrella. <laughs> Dang! That's amazing. <laughs> so congrats to Snoop Dogg. I mean, you talk about wow. someone living their best life. Right? I mean, people forget he was like on trial for murder and now he's like <laughs> you know washing dishes with martha stewart making gin and juice cocktails right. at bottle rock i mean rags are rich's story right there that's amazing yeah rags did so is he like is he doing that at every show that he goes to or was that like specifically for that i think day? that was specifically wow. for that um yeah because i don't know that he's touring that much cool. anymore yeah right but that's still pretty damn cool so wow. and was it all drinking by the end of the show Ooh, we're Ooh, gonna that's we're, a good question we're gonna have to have our investigative sure team uh Follow up on that. Sure, those guys don't slouch, right? I'm sure, but man, <laughs> by the time you get to the bottom of that, it's Ooh. it's just got to be awful. <laughs> so no dissing against Hendrix. I love that. I love me a good, you know, gin and tonic, gin gimlet. But uh, wow, yeah, it's a yeah. lot of handles. So we'll have, we'll get our investigative team and our interns and whatnot to uh, nice. you know, find out how much of it was drank because you don't want 180 handles of Hendrix to go to waste. No, not at all. 
Uh, that's kind of the thing, like, you know, in uh, in Star Wars where there's a huge disturbance in the Force. Yeah, and you could feel it? Yeah, Aww. like, what, if, if, they, if they just threw that away, that'd be a you huge... You just kind of fall all of a sudden. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody wasted a whole lot. I felt that way. You remember when the Firestone uh, truck crashed? Oh, yeah. I yep, felt yep. it. I, I don't remember where I was, but I had to pull off the side of the road and take a moment. Guy, you know who really felt it was the rep that that was going to, because we were talking... <laughs> There's a rep up north, and he was like, those were my beers. They were coming to my distribution. He was so bummed. <laughs> that sucks. Yep. What was Because I don't know the full story on that. Like, what, Did we know why? Was it ice? No, was it yeah, you know. Terrible driver? You know, I uh, can't give you the 100% details on there. I know that there was some kind of altercation. I don't know if it was some kind of like traffic snafu. Someone got cut off or something. But, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of cases of beers, many, many, many cases, pallets worth of beers, just like met their ultimate demise on the side of the freeway. Someday uh, we'll realize my dream of having police escorts <laughs> for important beers. That would be cool. <laughs> and that's the way the news goes. So I think um, – have you decided on what drunk story you're going to tell? Uh, yeah, yes. I'm going to go with one. And I got to say, this is almost going to be like a booze league first because I don't tell this story a lot. Great. Well, honestly, let's, I really let's all right. Well, warm up, you know, maybe take another uh, drink. Take of another beer. drink. Of beer. Get ready. Both you and Coley were very nervous about this, but the greatest drunk story that you've never told from throwing up to passing out to peeing in the snow. Raise your glass and take a drink because here we go. It's the greatest drunk story that you've never told. All right. Well, uh, I'm not super embarrassed about this or nervous, but um, it's something that doesn't come up a lot, you know, in my day to day stories and talking to peeps. So um, luckily, no one ever listens. So I think <laughs> <laughs> stoked. OK, so uh, let's see here. This is about 2003, 2004. Um, just got a new job. And uh, there was a really killer bar down the street, and my boss at the time really liked drinking, you know. And at this time, we were super into Kettle One and tonics. Ooh. Kettle Ones all day, you know I mean? And this guy liked to drink a lot, too. So we'd be drinking in the office. Like, by noon, we'd have a couple beers now. What are you, you, know what are you what I mean? doing? Like, what was this job? This what was, did this entail? It, it was in sales, you know. It, we, were, okay. we were in sales. We were um, – I was managing for him at the time, and uh, – Without getting into too much of the details, you know, it was it was interesting, but you know, we were very successful. We had a, a great great partnership, great business going on, uh, and we worked hard, you know. So we played hard too. So um, we go down the bar, start drinking some drinks, you know, nothing too crazy, and uh, like you do, just kind of one thing leads to another, you know what I mean? It was it is a star-studded bar. It's in Hollywood, right? It's mm. Jones's. I don't know if you ever heard of Jones's. It's right off of Santa Monica and Formosa. Super mellow, cool little bar, but you'll go in there and see stars all over the place, right? Mm. So it kind of this is kind of variating from my story. But anyways, just trying to put it together. We're there. We're having fun. I actually that night met Scully's stunt double from oh, X-Files. from X-Files. And she looked just like Scully. Really? I'm like sitting there having drinks with Scully pretty much. It was amazing. <laughs> so we're, we're drinking drinks. Did you get some digits? No, 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 no. Not at all. I'm, I'm happily in a relationship at this time. Everything's oh, okay. cool. Yeah. <laughs> But it was cool seeing this person, you know, like, yeah. and she was very friendly. She talked to us and all of us, you know, all of the people we were with. Um, so, you know, just trying to put it together. So we're, we're drinking and one turns into two, turns into five, turns into a lot, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty buzzed at this point. So stumble my way home. It's not too far. And at that time, I was, uh, you know, definitely having to wake up early and thinking, OK, man, so what has been helping me is when I'm kind of drunk, I drink some water, I take a couple aspirins, wake up in the morning, and I feel okay. You mm -hmm. know, not too bad. Pretty standard, yeah. Pretty standard procedure. But what happens when you're too drunk to look in your medicine cabinet and actually see what it is that you're taking? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, at the time, my chick was having some back problems. I uh, accidentally took, I think it was two Vicodins. <laughs> like, just... With <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh! So so here I am, all drunk, thinking that I'm oh yeah, good job, Sandra. You're looking out for yourself. Drink some water. You know, you're gonna take some couple aspirins. You'll be great in the morning, good right? Looking out. <laughs> take these two uh, Vicodins, right? Um, and uh, just kind of trail off into just obliterance, you know. And um, finally, you know, with all my charades and everything, just my chick's like, dude, you gotta go to bed. All right, okay, all right, love you, love you. Going to bed. 
sitting there laying for a while. And this is past the point where I could remember. This is blackout drunk right here at this point. So this is at the point where someone else is telling you. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes and no. Because <laughs> it kind of swings back together. So I'm, I'm drunk as a skunk. Just ripped out of my mind on Vicodins now. And I have no idea, right? And I'm in bed. And uh, all that water I drank, you know, needs to come out. <laughs> so, so it's quiet, you know, like just super peaceful. My chick's like finally laying in bed being like, okay, I got this guy to sleep. We're good. <laughs> Little does you she know? know what's coming. <laughs> so huh, I get up. Huh, I got to be huh, stumble. Go to my hamper and whip out my dick and start peeing in the hamper. I'm in my <laughs> mind. I think I'm in the bathroom, right? Right. Start peeing in the hamper, bro. Just like no fucks given at all whatsoever. And my chick just like turns up and is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Runs over and I'm like, what up, babe? Yeah, just going bathroom. All good. And she's like, no, no. She just like grabs me and like just moves me over as fast as we can into the fucking bathroom. I'm just dicks out peeing everywhere. Like, oh, we're good. No, no worries. Like a puppy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Good thing she didn't rub my nose in it, though. Like, honestly. Swatch you on the ass. Oh, my God, dude. So finished my piss and, yeah, you know, pretty much stumbled to bed. Kind of have some recollections of that. You know, I kind of kind of remember her being like, hey, don't do this. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But in my mind, I'm like, it's totally cool. No, I wake up in the morning and she's pissed, dude. She's super <laughs> fucking upset. Peed all over the fucking laundry. Peed. There's a trail that she had to clean up into the bathroom. I was so bummed, dude. Like, literally, I was so ashamed, too. Like, I, like I said, I hadn't told that story to anyone. For I held it for years, bro. Didn't wow. tell anyone. I appreciate you uh, yeah, sharing yes. it here, sir. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, now years have passed. I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm able to laugh and learn <laughs> but man uh and it's hard to pick you know a drunk story but i, I decided to go with the peeing in the hamper one this time no i think that's pretty i, I think yeah that's a that's the greatest drunk story right there that's that's the greatest level i believe i don't yet have any peeing stories um I, I i clearly have a lot of i have a lot of drunk stories um i don't have any peeing stories yet yeah. nice. which is weird though because literally everybody i know has a story where they peed somewhere where they weren't supposed to. Right. Usually in a closet or a hamper. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing, you it know? It just looks so right. <laughs> I guess it does. You're like, well, it's, it's about the right, not the right shape, but about the right size. Right. You know, this is where we'll go. Hilarious. So. <laughs> Man. It's time to go pro with your bad habit. Booze League Radio. So, um, you being the beer expert between the two of us. I try. Well, you're more expert than <laughs> I am, I can tell you that. Um, do we want to talk uh, IPA and pale ale differences? Because, yeah. I mean, I found this fascinating because, um, you know, I drink both. I mean, I've gotten more into the pale ales and then also like maybe hoppy lagers and, and pilsners and things like that. But, Definitely. But the difference is I had no idea. So Yeah. You know, and, and it was a great question when we started talking about this segment Right away, I mean, it comes to mind the ingredients that go into the beer itself. You know, um, IPAs obviously are very, very robust. They're very hoppy. There's a lot going on there. So I think that right off the bat is the number one thing. It's just the pure ingredients that go into each beer. But also, it's kind of um, really a point of view because there are some IPAs that are like session IPAs or like lower ABV IPAs that could easily be sold or drank in as a pale ale. And other ones, pale ales that are a little heavier, that you're like, how is this not an IPA? So honestly, to tell you the truth, a lot of it comes down to what the brewer decides. Really, it's a brewer's choice. Hmm. But I mean, obviously, you know, Pale ales, like when they're in the four five to like six five category, they're you know there there's notes there that you're like, oh, this is a delicious pale ale. It's super easy to drink, and then most most IPAs are just kind of a little bit heavier. You know what I mean? But a couple interesting notes about like the pale ale. Uh, I was looking into it, did a little research, and all the way we're going back to the 1700s right here. That um, for pale ales, when they were starting to put them together, they were actually the malts were roasted with coke which isn't, you know, the, what you drink or what you sniff. It's actually an old-timey term for fuel that's, like, super, super clean with, like, it burns with little impurities. They're, they were experimenting with this, and what happened is when 
the malt was roasted with this, it created a lighter colored beer. And so when you actually looked at it, it was pale in color. And honestly, that that's pretty cool to me because when I was younger, I thought pale ales came in like buckets, you know, like a pail. You know, that's kind of what uh, I, that's where my <laughs> mind goes. It doesn't go to pale like a color, you know, right, right. which is honestly where where it derives from. Most people in England would call it a bitters. But um, I thought that was really interesting. Oh, like the uh, the extra stout bitter, uh, the ESB. Uh, exactly. Uh, what is the ESB? Um, uh, Fuller's. Fuller's. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a delicious beer for uh, sure. Speaking of IPAs. Nice. It's about that time for round three. Let's do it. Round three. Oh, we'll have another. Ping pong. Hey, everybody. We're all going to get late. We're actually going to get through four rounds today. I love me some Ronnie Dagefield. Cannonball. That's, that's seriously like one of my favorite all-time <laughs> Boy. That escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Caddyshack. It was Caddyshack, Ace Ventura, Blazing Saddles, and Dumb and Dumber. When me and my roommate were living down in 2003, at the time of the European Hampers, yeah. <laughs> uh, living down in Hollywood trying to be actors, right? Yep. We had those four movies, and we had didn't have the money for cable because it gets shut off all the time. So we had the old VHS oh, yeah. of those movies over nice. and over and over again. So, Solid. Anyways. Definitely good times right there. So, okay, so we're just talking about pale ales, kind of their, um, you know, background and where they came from. So uh, you take that about 100 years to the future, uh, 1829, from 1700, 1703-ish. Mm-hmm. Now we start talking about IPAs. And, you know, one of the more common stories, obviously, is that the Brits were in India mm-hmm. and they wanted their beer. You know, there's beers down there, but they were longing for their beers from home. And uh, the pale ales that were being sent way on that super long journey were just becoming sour and undrinkable, flat, you know? Right. So what they... Probably getting all sloshed about on the way down. Yeah, right. Pretty bumpy ride there, for sure. Not so good. (laughs) Yep. So, I mean, obviously, the the brewers fortified it with more hops and alcohol. You know, that's just kind of where that came from. Um, I read an interesting note, though, because at the same time, porters and stouts were becoming interesting because... Those had legs to travel as well, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they don't have as much hops and alcohol in them. So I think that this is like the, the style of brewing really makes a big difference on mm-hmm. what you get there. But, you know, I mean, IPA is super popular. I mean, right now it's crazy how popular they are with the craft beer boom as it is now. You know, I mean, you could have your choice from anything from a West Coast, which is a little more maybe fruitier, a little more pungent. And mm-hmm. then you got your East Coast. Usually a little hazier, yeah, a little you know, hazy, yeah, yeah, totally and delicious. So that's just kind of where it goes from there, you know, and it's really up to you what you think, you know. I mean, it's obviously on the label going to say pale ale or IPA, but um, I feel that there's a little gray area there where you got to just pick or choose one. You right. know, you just you just got to go with one. And if IPAs are hot, then, hey, you're going to name it an IPA, you know, even if it's a little lower ABV. Hmm. But, um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. I'm a big pale ale fan myself personally. I love me a good pale ale, yeah, but me too. it's because it's a little easier to drink. You know, mm-hmm. IPAs are amazing. The one we're drinking today is on point, but you know, after this one, I I I feel just kind of full on IPAs. Well, that, th- and the drinking this is more drinking for uh, a good time, not a long time. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. So I, that's the cool thing about pale ales is that you can have a few of them, you know, and, and right. chill. Definitely. So yeah, there we go. What about you? You like pale ales, IPAs? I'm, I'm Depends on pale, how you feeling. I'm, I'm a pale ale guy. Gotcha. I, I do like I like I like this. So I like IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into IPAs for a while. I mean, Union Jack obviously is very good. Definitely. Um, made West, who made this beer, also makes a very good IPA. Yep. Um, Stone IPA was one of the first when I knew it was a craft beer. That was the first. Hey, I know this is now a craft beer that I had. Uh, even though I had to, I, the first IPA I ever had. I don't know if I told you this story. This ain't a greatest drunk story, but <laughs> first IPA I ever had was stone ipa uh we're at huntington beach for fourth of july with there's a big group of us and there were the men and there were the women and we stopped and we got a big ass barbecue dinner at some place down there that was amazing like to take home for takeout nice they said it was going to take 15 minutes or whatever to to make all this so all the guys got a drink well it came out in like four <laughs> right so and, and we're all sitting here drinking stone ipa because we even back then we were kind of against you know drinking a bud light or sure. whatever so we all had to chug that ipa Ooh. and um let me tell you 
Uh, it was um, it was quite an introduction. Yeah, right. You know, feet first into exactly. the IPA. Yeah, it was gnarly. <laughs> it was gnarly. It really kicked me right in the balls. Nice. These nuts. So that's cool. I remember drinking my first Stone IPA as well too. I was at a wedding in Temecula, and it had been a long, long, long drive out there. And I swear, like we got there, and it was a a friend of my chick's wedding. And I was like, yeah, I really want a beer. But I was thinking the same thing. I was like, great, here comes a Bud Light or something. You know right, what I mean? Right. And there comes a dude with a Stone IPA. And I was like, no <laughs> way. Cracked that thing. And I swear, after that long drive, it was one of the best beers I've ever had. Oh, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. So, yeah. So, um, you have uh, you have some uh, some solo. Oh, well, You yeah, saw yeah, some definitely. solo, right? Some solo. I did check out solo. You got some, uh, some Wookiee sounds over there to get us going? Nice. I got always, yeah, always. Wookie sounds. Always. I had this on since the first time, like we did the the Wookus. Oh yeah, yeah nice. the Wookus awaken. So um, I, I do. I even made a here. movie buzz. <laughs> so now, now the, yeah, disclaimer: go. no spoilers. Gotcha. No spoilers. Dude, yeah. dude hasn't seen it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No. Definitely. Well. Okay, so coming from my background, I'm I do like Star Wars a lot. You know, I actually saw Return of the Jedi in the theater when I was a little kid. Me I mean, too. That, that's yeah, exactly. So I, I'm down for it. You know what I mean? I think oh, it's cool. Yeah. And um, some of the newer ones, obviously, uh, they get a little too Disney for me. You know, and a yeah. little soft in the, in the plots and all that good stuff. But uh, I went and saw Solo with an open mind. You know, no judgment. And to tell you the truth. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. I didn't think it was too Disneyed out. I didn't think it was too dramatic or too romantic or anything. They weren't trying to like develop like weird little you know plots. You know, it was very straightforward, very go go go, kind of you know keep that attention. You know, so I, I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was a great movie. Um, it was just kind of a really cool way to just kind of see a little backstory on one of the cooler you know characters from Star Wars, and plus Chewie. I don't know. You know, I have, I have a soft spot for Chewie. You know what I mean? He's he's so amazing. You know, exactly. Right there, right in my heart, right there. So uh, you know, g- being able to see that uh, relationship develop was was really cool. Um, you know, um, I, it's interesting with these guys because they they have to keep up the Star Wars premise for the old fans like us. Right. But they also gotta they keep it for the new fans though too. You know, like little kids or even just like millennials that don't really know too much about it. So I see where they're coming from. I'm trying to keep it action packed information, but like not too inundated, you know, not like trying to bore you too much. Well, to a certain extent, if you think about it, they do own the properties of the original three yeah. episodes, four through six. Right. Yeah. Um, so it only serves them better to make sure that, that current audiences know that. Yes. Because then now you have a market for people to go out and buy that DVD that, you know, what was it like, Uh, you know, New Hope or whatever, you know, Empire Strikes Back, like these things. And they do leave little gaps like that that make you want to fish more, you know, make you want to go look Mm -hmm. up and see other movies to try to put it all together. Mm -hmm. But still, I feel like there's like they leave open. They, They leave some story open to like expand. Um, obviously I could definitely see there being a, a sequel to the solo movie. They left it wide open at the end just to pretty much go wherever they wanted to, which is cool, you know, and, um, I enjoyed Somebody it. Somebody mentioned online and I think it's a brilliant idea doing a Godfather two style solo where you have, cause you know, you had Don Corleone yeah. as the, as you know, uh, What's his face? Uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you also saw him back in Italy before he was yeah. Marlon Brando. Yeah. And he was Al Pacino yep, or yep, whatever. Yep. I think that'd be, that'd be cool. entertaining. But I don't know where Billy D. Williams is in his in his cycle of life. Probably I know drinking he, a Colt 45. Yeah, he's, he's repping Colt. <laughs> so he's still, you know, no one's cooler than Billy D. Williams. No. I mean, let's, you know. And you know what? I got to say that Donald Glover did an amazing job as Lando. Mm-hmm. I was really stoked on that. I'm. I'm a big uh, Donald Glover fan. Um, you know, obviously the show Atlanta is is amazing. I'm a big fan of that as well. And uh, I haven't watched it yet. Is that pretty good? It's it's really good. I totally suggest checking it out for I sure. I just realized yeah, what a yeah. dumb question that was. Like, <laughs> no, I'm a big no, fan. no, yeah, no. Is it good? Nah. Yeah, you nah, don't do it. Nah, yeah, no, I totally do it. Um, so, you know, him being in the mix, 
kind of breaks it up because the new Star Wars do have like this like weird English vibe to it, you know, where everything's like kind of English. Like the chick is speaking in an English accent. Some of the well, other ones like have some English accents to them. You well, know what I mean? I mean? The like, original ones, all the Empire was English. Yeah, it's interesting. Right? They're all very they they wore like you know Nazi Germany style yeah. uniforms and spoke with an English accent. They're going yeah. So they're it's like, like hey, you're evil. Guess yeah. what? Imperial, you empirical. Now, yeah, you now have an English accent. Yeah. You must be <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So how did um uh? So he did a pretty good job as Lando. Like I how do you compare so, yeah. to, to Billy D though? I mean, can he channel uh, the Billy? Yeah, I I thought so. You know, Billy's just smooth as can be, right? And um and Donald's pretty smooth too. You know, yeah. definitely. Yeah, you could tell that uh, just kind of like his poise, the way he is, like how confident he is, really comes through in the character. I thought it was cool. I, I enjoyed it. I thought he did a really good job there, and he had some big shoes to fill, you know, for Lando, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> everyone knows. Everyone knows Lando Calrissian, you know. No, I think it was a really good idea to go with that idea, too, between um, Solo and Lando, because obviously in Empire Strikes Back, you know yeah, you know there's some history there. Oh, yeah, definitely. So it's kind of cool to kind of see how all that history played out. Definitely. Um, you saw Rogue One, right? Yeah. How yeah. did this compare to Rogue One? Well, a lot better. I wasn't a, a big fan. Really? Yeah. yeah you know, like I said in the when I first started out, most of the other Star Wars movies, the newer ones, mm. uh, they're, they're okay. You know what I mean? Like, they have their moments. They have I, they have their moments. I gotta and take they, a moment to. to <laughs> if you hear squeaking in the background, that's the booze hound with one of her toys. Nice booze hound. Oh, is she over there with you? Okay. Oh yeah. No, yeah. and it's it's not like I'm totally dissing that movie, but it just it has just some slow mo, like some really slow moments in it where you're yeah. kind of like, come on, like speed it up here, you know? That's just my attention deficit yeah. disorder or something. I don't know. Well, but. I saw I, I only saw it one time, mm. and I, I think that the reason I liked it as much as I did was that it gave me the backstory for Star Wars. For sure. Like, leading up to it. And I think that, that you know, Definitely. it inspired that bit of nostalgia. It's probably what they are going for, yeah, frankly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, I think it's one of the reasons why I liked it. And you got to. You know, it's hard to be a storyteller and really convey all of that, you know, without it just being, you know, someone just talking. You know what I mean? So, so kudos to them. I, th- I thought they did a really good job. And, um, I mean, even having a little bit of Woody Harrelson in the movie was, like, really cool, too. Um so, yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about the solo character, though. The guy that played him, Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich? Do you know? Does he do anything else? Have you seen him in anything I'm else? sure he has. I'm sure he has, too. But, I mean, <laughs> I just that's kind of a new character for me or a new actor for me. And yeah. I mean, he did a pretty good job. I saw he, he was getting a little beat up on, uh, on some of the reviews that he obviously isn't going to be the original Han Solo. You know what I well, mean? Because like, there was a story behind it because they're originally – other directors yeah um who were not happy with what they were getting out of him till and then ron howard came in and then gotcha changed it around i guess like 70 percent of the movie was completely changed interesting when ron howard came in so i mean maybe some of what we're seeing were the old directors who didn't yeah. know like i don't know I, I i haven't seen it again so and you don't want to press too much to be hey be more like harrison ford and you're like dude i'm i right. can't you know <laughs> like i'm just you know you can study but there's only so much that you can do you know Right. Plus, you want to make a voice for yourself, you know, too. So I, I get it. But I think uh, overall, I mean, I don't know how this beer rating thing goes, but I honestly want to give it a four out of five beers. There you go. So is it a toast or is it a pour it out? It's a toast. Bam. There it is. Cheers. I intend to see that one in the theater. I, I miss seeing Infinity Gauntlet. Mm. Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity War. <laughs> I have seen the Infinity Gauntlet in a theater. Gotcha. Um, but I miss seeing uh, Infinity War, so I do want to see this one. Check it in the theater because another note that I had, the scenery in it is amazing. It's really? beautiful. Yeah, no, I, that's one cool thing about these movies is that their location scouts are mm-hmm. on point, dude. They're killing it. Well, so. you know, Ron Howard's not really known for making good-looking movies. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's just... <laughs> now pouring. The Booze Cast. All right, well, I got one more thing here that we can do... Uh, where are we at for time here? Well, we might have some time. We might have a little time for some undercurrent here, a quick undercurrent review. I'll get through this pretty quick. Um, this story actually came out a long time ago, but I've been meaning to get to it on a booze cast for a very long time. And it has to do with Fidel Castro. And I think it's appropriate to bring it up now because as of two or three weeks ago, the Castros are no longer in charge of Cuba, which is historical, right? obviously. Like, yeah, that's I mean, it's crazy. Been, over like changing of the guards three quarters of a century that the Castros have (laughs) been in charge of Cuba. But um, the Trump administration released a ton of previously classified documents and especially ones around the 
1963 assassination of John F. Kennedy. I'm sure that didn't spur any more conspiracy theorists out there. I'm sure that didn't feed them at all. Oh, no. But back in October, that happened. And they also, part of that document dump is a memo that outlines the way the Kennedy administration tried to kill Fidel Castro. And they started off with some simple plans. And then they just, I feel like they went off the rails eventually. So let's go through. These are six ways that the, the Kennedy administration <laughs> tried to kill Fidel Castro. Damn. They started off pretty simple. And this is, they started off in 1975, which doesn't seem right. No, this is just the CIA. It's not the Kennedy okay. administration. Gotcha. I knew something sounded weird when I said that. Gotcha. You know, you know what the problem is, right? When you start to pound some drinks and you get a little buzz, <laughs> yep. you make mistakes, you slur your words, you can't control your tongue. Phew. And that is when you start to have a little fun. And maybe we're drunk, maybe we're drunk, maybe we're drunk. Just maybe. I like that. No, this is uh, CIA. Um, back in 1975, they had two Cuban exiles who were in the U.S. They flew them back to Cuba and dropped them off. And then they airdropped a couple of rifles with telescopic sights to, to hit Fidel. Wow. Turns out they weren't, they weren't commandos. <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> so they're like, okay, what, what uh, poison botulism pills was the next attempt. Jeez. Uh, in fact, one of the generals of the U S actually took the time to feed these botulism pills to Guinea pigs to make sure that they worked. Damn. Yeah. That's hardcore. Ouch. Killing Guinea pigs. Um, so they tried to pass these pills to a Cuban asset, but once he got into Castro's presence, he got scared because it's like freaking Fidel Castro. So he couldn't go through with it. So then they gave them to someone who worked at a restaurant that Castro liked, but Castro was really in the know. So he stopped going there the minute the pills hit there. Dang. He was in the know. So that didn't work. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's two ways so far. Wow. So then they're like, well, who's really good at killing people? <laughs> Mobsters from Chicago, which you were just yeah, in, right? Yeah, totally. Yep. So um, they were uh, in, in touch with a bunch of mobsters, including a known hoodlum in the Chicago area. And also they had some in Miami and a bunch in Cuba. And the CIA was going to pay them $150,000 to whoever killed Fidel Castro. Wow. Put a bounty out. Um, Robert Kennedy, president's brother, got uh, – he was attorney general at the time. This is before he um, ran for president, and then he got assault, uh, assassinated, sadly. Um, he was not thrilled about this plan and his, and he's got a pretty good point. He says the CIA should never undertake the use of mafia people again without first checking with the department of justice because it would be difficult to prosecute such people in the future. Yeah. Right. So imagine they carry something out for you, right? They, they assassinate they a get immunity. leader. Yeah. And then they, they come back and they're running some, like God knows some prostitution Full ring. Carte blanche. Ring. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, what yeah. Do? What are you going to do? So they put the poo poo on that. Mm. Uh, Robert Kennedy put his foot down and said, yeah, no, yeah. no, not so much. So it was known that Fidel Castro liked to skin dive. He's a big fan of diving. Hmm. So the CIA plan now, this is where they start kind of going off the rails. This is number four for those keeping track at home. The CIA plan now was to dust the inside of the suit with a fungus that produces Madeira foot, which is a disabling and chronic skin disease, and also then contaminate the suit with tuber tuberculosis bacilli Whoa. in the breathing apparatus. Whoa. So they're going to try and infect his oh skin with a fungus God. and give him tuberculosis. Uh, that didn't work out. But the CIA wasn't going to let the whole diving thing go. <laughs> so they're like, all right, well, that didn't work out. All right. So the next thing they were going to try and do is they wanted to lure Castro towards a beautiful, enormous seashell when he was diving, which would be loaded with explosives that would blow him up when he got too close. Oh, my God. Right? Crazy, right? That's insane. This is the kind of shit that people sit around and think about, like, you know, in, in whatever, like, imagine late the, 70s. Uh, imagine the other ideas that, like, didn't make it, you know? <laughs> like, they're sitting around brainstorming, and they're like, oh, I don't know. But we don't know how, how in he is to Sesame Street. Like, there's no way Big Bird would get close enough. Um, but... Here's why this didn't work out. They determined there was no shell in the Caribbean large enough to hold a sufficient amount of explosive that was also spectacular enough to attract his attention to want to go check out. Whoa. Finally, number six. There was a high-ranking Cuban that the CIA was in touch with. And he's like, you know what? Why don't you give me some spy gear? And I'll take him out. So he had in mind some type of like pellet gun or, or pellet pen kind of thing, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. 
Uh, but not a hand weapon. He wanted to be able to carry it with him into any conference with Castro, and then he'd, he'd take him out. The CIA did make him a pellet pen. They did make him a ballpoint pen with a poison needle. <laughs> like straight out of James Bond. Perfect. Yeah, that didn't uh, that did not work oh out goodness. either. So those are, those are the six most absurd ways that the CIA tried to take that Castro out. I'm surprised they didn't get like the shark from Universal Studios tour. Like, <laughs> to <come get> Something <laughs> right. They were really reaching at that point in wow. their lives. Um, and turns out, old Father Time stepped yeah. in. Mother Nature said, "Hey, time to go, buddy." So he gets the 150 grand now, right? Father Time. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah. <laughs> But with inflation, it's actually like, you know, yeah, five million yeah, or something. So, bit, yeah. so he's good. <laughs> so um, you want to do the uh, you want to do a little bit about the uh, the undercurrent? Yeah, let's do it. I'll go yeah, open it up if you want to yeah, uh, tell I'm the saying, people about it. Sounds good here. I got some notes. Undercurrent. Pretty stoked on uh, if you're not too familiar with Firestone Walker's sour program out of Barrel Works. They. Um, I swear these guys are like mad scientists over here. Uh, we got the master blender, Jim Crooks. Super, super excited about his first ever current-infused beer. And, uh, you know, they've, they've been wanting to do this for a few years now, and uh, finally everything came together. They uh, actually got a really good line on Polish currants, and uh, they have some new technology, too, where they're actually able to... Oh, Wow, I heard that. I'll tell you what, they're, whoever's doing the corking is doing a good job. <laughs> Jesus. Nice. Um, so, okay, so if you're not familiar with IQF, this is a new term for me, individually quick frozen technology. Um, so pretty much preserves every current as is. They were able to make their way back over here to the States, and from there we, uh, you know, the geniuses behind Barrel Works blended it with the Agrestic, which is one of uh, Wiley's favorites, the Commission's favorites here, and he 100%. always always talks it and gives it a good shout-out. But uh, if you haven't tried the Agrestic, it's an amazing beer, but now we have it first-time released with these currants, and I swear the the look on it is amazing. It, it's just so rich, and uh, it looks kind of like grape juice. It's just so purpley pink with the, like a nice like hue on, on the head to it. It almost looks fake. It almost looks fake. It almost looks like you're just going to drink, like, Manischewitz or something. <laughs> or some, some, like, blood punch so at a, a Halloween ex- party yeah, or something. Totally, yeah. But then when you drink it, though, I swear, it is so smooth. Mm. No, I'll, I'll drink a little here. What's the ABV on this? Alcohol. You know, it's it's a little higher. It says it right on the, on the bottle. Oh, right you mean there, the bottle you know? that's literally sitting the, right here next what, to me what that you I can there? just look at? What do you got at? there? I know it's, a, it's like, in the sixes, but I want to be... This one is 6.3. Okay. Yeah, I think I quoted three. it as 6.7 earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, but 6.3, though. turns out, no. Yeah, no. So pretty solid. And, you know, and they, uh, the currents hung out with the Agrestic in these amazing barrels for, it says here on the notes, from anywhere from 12 to 48 months. God damn. That's insane, right? So they started making some of these, some of what mm. we're drinking here. Totally. Four years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. That's nuts. That is insane. And that's a kind of cool mad scientist chemistry that's going on over there at uh, barrel works the yeah. one time i met sour jim he looked like a mad scientist <laughs> i bet I mean, he looked like his hair was everywhere like he was just like i it, mentioned something about one of his beers and and suddenly he's like right in my face like asking me questions like he was he wants notes for yeah, sure yeah, he's, he's very interesting yeah for sure so so yeah i don't know i mean honestly to tell you the truth i i feel this is a really cool uh turn for firestone we know we we don't make a lot of uh fruit infused beers but i would say with the direction that the market's going in now you know there's ciders mm. there's all kinds of sparkling waters that have like berry flavor and different yeah, stuff yeah we like gotta that, do you a know tasting I mean? of those for sure i'm down yeah. you know definitely down and i've had a, a chance to try a couple and i've been standoffish but they are pretty good, and the market is going that way. It's hard hmm. to say, you know what I mean? I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, get off my lawn, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you got you to be able to adapt to the market, you know, and what the consumer wants. Um, and I feel that this is a really, really cool turn right here. So if you have a chance and uh, in your market you can get your hands on some, please do. Uh, and if, you're, if you can't and you're out in California, definitely stop by and try some out. And uh, this is just kind of leading the way for some other really cool sours that are going to be coming out as well, too. So uh, more to come on that. You know what? I love it. I'm in. And I feel like I consider this. 
final round. Nice. Four rounds today, bitch. Perfect. Never mind that shit. Can you blow me where the Pampers is? Get off the stage, you tough bastard! I'm so wasted. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Yes, it did. And that has been uh, the Boozecast Draft 27. Um, hopefully, Coley will be back with us. Hopefully so. Hopefully, you're feeling better there, Coley. Well, and, and we're going to the Firestone Festival this weekend. Nice. So, she needs to pull her shit together. Definitely. Well, you know, maybe she's just getting herself ready, all those electrolytes, you know, everything. It's it's quite a quite her, an event. Right? She needs to do, like, a cleanse, you know, <laughs> get her body on point. Not too much, though. Because, I mean, let me tell you, like, you talk about a greatest drunk story. We'll tell the story of us at the, the Firestone Festival last year. <laughs> that just that ended up in uh, Big Dick Nick um, vomiting all over Ooh. Firestone's bathroom. Ooh. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's uh, when the, the famous line, your grandma ho came about. I mean, there, there oh, was a whole lot. Man. We hit six wineries Ouch. the day after the Firestone Festival. So remember, we're already drunk when we woke up. Yeah. Just based on that. Yes. We hit six wineries, had a bottle at each except for one. So Oof. five bottles of wine between three people the next day. Oof. We were not messing around. No. Nope. There was no messing around. So, <laughs> But we'll see how this uh, next weekend goes. I think we're probably nice. recording the next one after this festival. Okay. So, Sounds good. Um, we'll, we'll give you a report if we're still alive. Love to hear it. Um, you know. I'll be holding down the territory here. We've got the Oak Heart Music Festival on Saturday and Casa Pacific on Sunday. What's a, so um, if they wanted to come visit you, are you actually at the booth or? Yeah, well, I will be running around like a crazy person at Oak Heart, um, but I'm sure I'll see you out there if you're into country music. And for Casa Pacifica, um, yeah, I'll be in the booth kind of moving around. We have some people working, but uh, yeah, definitely I'll be around. Yeah. But these are all Ventura County specific. So if you're mm-hmm. in the area, come yeah. on by. Please. I know do. Oak Heart has gotten very, very popular. Has- Hugo. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a massive event. You know, I mean, last year we did over 100 barrels in one day. It's, God damn. It's seriously? insane. Yeah, dude. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, it's getting huge. So yep. anyways, that has been Draft 27. You can catch up with us online uh, on Instagram at Booze League, Twitter at Booze League, also Facebook. Go ahead and hit us up on there. We have a whole new round of swag coming. We're getting the first round tomorrow. We have three shirts after that coming as well. So go ahead and follow us online so that you can, you know, get in on discounts and things of that nature. We have some really good designs coming up. Um, If you're uh, listening to this on iHeartRadio or iTunes, we salute you. Make sure you subscribe. But you can also go to boozeleague.com. And we do have a draft page for every one of these as links, video, and and things of that nature. Um, So go ahead and check that out. So, Sandro, cheers, brother. Cheers. Thank you.